2: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uremchuk live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube.
0: Welcome in to another edition of Oilers Nation Every Day. Just an hour later than usual. Don't worry about that. As always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. Three locations in the Edmonton area. It is almost December. That means you got to get your Christmas shopping going. Hit up the Sports Closet. As always, short for Giant Game Day as well. That's where we're going to start today with the lead. How many times this year... How many times have I sat here in this chair, in this sports closet studio and on a short for giant game day? And I've said, or going to win this one. I got a good feeling. I got a good feeling about this hockey team tonight. They should win this game. And how many times have I said that? And they've lost pretty much every time. Too many to count. But tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. You cannot lose this hockey game. The Blackhawks are terrible. The Blackhawks at five on five have been outshot in every game this year except for two. The Blackhawks have not only lost their last seven games, they've lost six of them by two goals or more. If the Oilers don't cover the puck line, I won't eat cat food, but I'll be really upset. I'll be really mad. This is such a winnable game. Such a winnable game. We are live on the Nation Network, YouTube, Oilers Nation, Facebook, Oilers Nation, Twitter as well. You can take a look right here. Look at those stats. The Hawks are awful. The Oilers are a terrible defensive team. And the Hawks are worse. The Oilers have been scoring a lot. The Hawks haven't. The Oilers power play is really good. The Hawks is mediocre. The Oilers penalty kill. You've all watched the games. It sucks. Somehow Chicago's is worse. i If they lose this game, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'll do. They have a chance to end the month of November at even 500 seven and seven in the month. And you know what? If, if seven and seven in the month of November is your worst month, that's not the worst thing in the world, in my opinion. So it's a big game tonight, you know, beat the, beat the wheels off this Hawks team, please. Oh my God. If they lose, I don't even know, man. Let me know in the chat. I mean, I maybe I'm putting too much pressure on this game, but like, they're so bad. Chicago, you look at that roster, there's like barely any NHL forwards on it outside of the guys they're going to trade by the deadline, like the four of them. Their blue line isn't good. Their goaltending, the, the duo in net they have, was acquired for the sole purpose of being bad. Part of the reason they won any games early in the year is because somehow a guy named Arvid Soderblom and a healthy Alex Staylock were like average, and they won a few games. Or above average, and they won a few games. Now the goaltending's back to being what we all expected, and what Kyle David's in their GM expected it to be. They got to win. Rusty's in the chat says Oilers will win. This is a 500 month. Figure things out. They'll go 11 and four or 12 and three in December. There's our eternal optimist, Rusty. A very key point of the show. Surveyor Brett. One Surveyor Brett, you haven't been in the chat of Oilers Nation every day. For like months. And the fact you come in here with all of this bagged milk propaganda. You're a shill. You're a shill for bagged milk. Spewing misinformation in my Oilers Nation everyday YouTube chat. It's a joke. All this talk. Tyler's killing the B-Cast to start a new show. Bagged milk's sending that out there. Saying, oh, Tyler's killing the B-Cast to start his own postgame show. I'm not even hosting the new postgame show. We haven't even announced who's hosting it yet. So that's false. The fact that I'm killing the B-cast, yet Bag Milk loves to go on about how he, he's in all these big meetings in the company and everything comes from his direction, and yet he sits here and goes, oh, Tyler's killing the B-cast. Him pretending I have more power than him? Remember that. Remember that, everybody. Sir, Parker says "Cello, Server, Brett, Server Brett's the sellout. How about that? Bag Milk is killing his own B-cast. Liam, hello. Liam and I spent the morning out with the fine folks at Sherwood Ford, out in Sherwood Park. We loaded up the nation truck with goods from what was the school, Liam?
1: Lakeland Bridge Elementary School, Lakeland the home Bridge.
0: of young Liam. It was my elementary? That school. was your first elementary school in Canada. And we did like the tour de Liam while we drove through Sherwood park in the nation truck. You showed me where you live now. You showed me where mm-hmm. your first house was when you moved to Canada. And then we went to your elementary school. It was great.
1: Yeah. We got the grand tour of Sherwood park next stop. Junior high next time. Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we picked up a bunch of uh, stuff that uh, the kids at Lakeland's uh, Lakeland Ridge uh, raised for the food bank, loaded it into the nation truck drove it to the short park food bank dropped it off it was very cold but we did get to use one of those like what would you call like a sorting line where we put the boxes on and like shoved it like yeah
1: it was like a it was like a belt like an old time belt thing and you just throw the boxes on and they roll into the shop and then hey presto food donated so it was awesome it was uh, was yeah it was great
0: we took some nice photos together, so we'll share those a little bit later. Shout out to Sherwood Ford the Giant and David at Sherwood Ford, who was a big help today as well. Um, I see Jay is here watching the show. He hasn't actively participated in bagged milks shenanigans, so I don't have huge beef with you, Jay. But it's nonsense, and I know you love it, though.
2: Oh, I'm here for chaos. I love a good beef. Um, this, is, this is like your chum gate uh it's it's good it 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 divides the audience and unlocks good conversation there's tyler the beat cast killer or bag milk the can you know behind the scenes bad boss trying to throw his uh his teammate under the bus to to create some controversy so i'm here for it i've got my popcorn i'm loving your takes your take you're giving the right angles so uh This is like I said. I'm sitting back on this one. Normally, I'm I'm a part of all this.
0: Liam, we should ban bag milk from the YouTube chat. That is power we have.
2: Is he he in the chat?
0: (laughs) He is right now. He's in the chat, and he's trying to play up to be this like sympathetic character. Like I thought Tyler was my guy, but he's breaking my heart. I love Tyler. I thought he loved me. That's all BS. And Surveyor Brett is here. Like a yappy little corgi sitting next to bag milk in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) I know the real story, but I'm here to see how it plays out. And that folks, that is telling right there. Okay. I'm going to move away from this. Let's talk about the hockey game tonight. You heard my rant off the jump. They can't lose this game, Jay. They cannot lose to the freaking Blackhawks.
2: It's not a must-win game in the sense of the seasons on the line, but it's a must-win game to save face on the month, just like you said. Because we're playing a shitty Blackhawks team, the puck line is plus one ten, just to tell you how bad they are. Um, so you, they got to go in and get this win. Like this, just this just makes a bad month okay. It really saves a month to get this win.
0: Yeah. They could walk out of this month at 500 still, which, when you think about how negative we were kind of being a week ago, it's pretty good if you can come out of November at 500.
2: Agreed. It's the the season's still on the rails. You know, it's no pause for concern. We just can't. we can't lose to crappy teams. We've we've done we, we love playing down to our competition. And you know what? Mm-hmm. This is just one of those ones where they have to go into is it still called the United Center? I don't know. You have to go into the arena yeah, in so. Chicago and kick some Blackhawks ass and really it needs to be a statement game. It needs to be like a six-one shilling.
0: Yeah. Um around the NHL, did you have a chance to catch uh that game last night or see the score last night between Seattle and LA?
2: That was like almost a Broncos versus Indianapolis football game in terms of what that score was. Yeah,
0: Um, that was something that missed. That would have been amazing
2: to be at. That would have been an amazing game to be at.
0: Well, so one of my daily face-off bets of the day yesterday was the Kraken on the money line as underdogs. Uh, So they got up early and I was like, oh, perfect. We're good. They were up like 2-1 early in the first. And I was like, yeah, they got this. And then the end of the first was 3-3. And I'm like, boy, that's getting wild. And then about halfway through the third period, they were up 8-6. And I went and I looked and my cash out was like $9 short of the full bet. And I was like, oh, it's 8-6 with like nine minutes to go or something. And I was like, the Kraken should be able to hold on. And I was like, you know what? No. I can't trust them. So I took the cash out and sure as shit, they blew it. I was feeling like a genius for a while.
2: Well, in hindsight, you are, but that would have been nerve wracking.
0: Yeah, um, it it would have worked out anyways, but.
2: I'm I'm really liking my uh, Matty Beneers for uh, Calder bet I made in early, early October at plus 500.
0: Ooh, you actually put that down? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a good bet. That is a good yep. bet. Um, the good. other good. side of that game was that Cal Peterson got lit up and the LA Kings put him on waivers today. This is 27-year-old Cal Peterson, who has two more years at $5 million on his contract. Damn. Yikes. Ouch. Because he's like kind of young, his his buyout actually isn't that ugly. I'm looking at it right now. So if they were to buy him out this summer... He would still carry a $5.1 million cap at the next year, but then it drops to hundred K and then it's two years of 1.1 million. So I got a funny feeling we might be seeing a Cal Peterson buyout this offseason. If he doesn't find a way to figure it out for the LA Kings, but the LA Kings not being able to get goaltending is also not a surprise. Like looking at the Pacific division, the Oilers are four points back of the Kings and they have three games in hand. That is good. They should catch them. The Oilers with a win tonight, I think, will actually pass them in terms of points percentage as well. So it wasn't great that that game went to OT last night, but the Kings seem to be unraveling. They have just four wins in their last ten. It's good to see. Like they do have a lot of firepower,
2: but you know, it's we need. They, we've also got a bunch of games in hand on them, so we need to come to have them come down a peg. Like we'll quickly be second in in the in the Pacific again quickly if we can just, you know, win in Chicago tonight and get back to playing normal Oilers hockey. But maybe the Kings are fake news. You expected them to regress this year, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I I didn't really have them as a playoff team to start the season. I didn't think they would be that good mainly because I thought their goaltending sucked. Like that was the bottom line for well, me. now it's you're well, you
2: know, now uh it's proven right. I still think there's a lot of talent on that on that roster that I think can get them through, but your uh, comments about goaltending are uh showing through here with having having them wake cal uh cal this morning i guess and then jonathan quick being not the ageless wonder perhaps
0: yeah um i want to get to uh something that brock sagan put up the other day and I know it's a little bit tough to see here, but it's a really interesting breakdown that Brock had about where every team kind of ranks in every regard of the game, right? So the first column is their five on five play, second column's power play, penalty kill, and also what their goalies are. And the Oilers are like pretty far down on this list, all the way down to 20. Yeah, it's a lot of red. So my question to you, Jay, they are 26th. At five on five third on the power play but then 27th on the pk 23rd in the goaltending which has them 21st overall of those ones where we see red so five on five pk and goaltending which one through seven weeks of the season is the most concerning to you five on five
2: 100 percent. granted special teams you know you have to think the, the penalty kills on the
0: men and it's on the rise but that's a damning five on five number Out of those three, I guess, part two of the question, which one are you most confident can turn itself around? Kind of like I I, I like to sit there and think once they get healthy, their five on five play will get better. But that's also acknowledging that it's going to be a while for Evander Kane. Right. So so how long until he'll be back and the five on five can really start to improve? I think the PK has been a little bit better. The most concerning for me it might still be the five on five. um, But I think the goaltending is actually the one that can probably turn itself around the quickest. No.
2: Uh, I I think the PK can turn around the quickest. Like we've proven that we can be a penalty killing team. So I think that that's just a few tweaks, a few mindset changes. And I think that's, you know, we're already seeing it back on the rails, So we'll see that crawl back up. But goaltending to me is it's, it's, it's it's more than just goaltending. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, Jay Downton TM. It's, defense uh as well it's the defense playing in front of the goalies that are giving the creating or allowing all those high danger chances uh to happen on a night in night out basis so it's it's a twofold uh concern there so i think that's a bigger problem to solve than uh than
0: pk that's fair looking at sort of the top end here boston he has this his number one team they're top three in every category. That is insane. insane. New Jersey. been unreal. Insane. Yeah. New Jersey's been unreal. Dallas has been unreal. I had all three of those teams. I, I think I had all three of them. I might have had New Jersey just on the bubble of the playoffs, but I didn't think those three teams would be any good. Which one of those three teams is the most surprising to you? Jason Robertson might actually push Connor McDavid for the Hart Trophy. Like he's having that kind of a season for the Stars. That is unreal. The Devils look like so, a wagon, and somehow the Bruins played through a bunch of injuries.
2: So, just like you, being a good Edmontonian and Oilers fan, uh, made the Connor for Hart futures bet before the season started. But as a hedge, actually, as of this morning, I sprinkled on Jason Robertson because the odds are pretty dear for him to to pull it off. So, um, <laughs> he's not Connor McDavid. He's not Connor McDavid, but the kid is performing. So you have to be concerned uh, because if he wins the scoring title and Dallas is as good as they are, you know, when we all thought going into the season that they wouldn't be, that, yeah, he's, he's definitely warrants being part of the conversation. So, you know, Dallas to me is a big surprise. Obviously the Devils, a lot of people thought they weren't going to be there, but wow, when you see them play now, whoo, they are a red hot pistol.
0: take on uh, on this chart here from Brock. He says, a lot of red, but if we just get back to an average five-on-five play, we will dominate this league. I see this as an indicator that they're close to going on a long winning streak. Troy says, the PK's been strong ever since Yanmark started playing on it. Uh, Chris said, PK may take a long time depending on how many penalties we take, which is a good point as well. Like Hopefully the Oilers stay out of the box and don't have a lot of penalty kill opportunities, but that, that is an interesting one there too. So we'll we'll see if the Oilers can start turning around a few things because, I mean, their power play, obviously elite, but even that, Jay, has been a little bit frustrating for me lately. I feel like they're back to, and they get in these ruts where this happens. They overpass. They're trying to just get the pretty goal. McDavid and Drysett' maybe look for each other too much and aren't looking for the other guys on the ice. The power, the power play last game was frustrating to me
2: yeah shooting needs to uh the shooting option needs to enter into the thought process a little bit more um when you've got these skilled guys like they they think they can make that play right and, and you know 50 percent of the time that pass does get through or dry gets the one timer on net because of you know that pass the thread of the needle so like i guess it gets really habitual so like they just have to keep an open mind and take that shot because even connor like he was McShooter for the first, you know, 10, 15 games of the season, and scoring goals in bunches. And we're seeing him sh- even shoot less now. So there's a whole kind of mindset shift there.
0: Why are you laughing? You're smiling. I just saw. I uh, sometimes Liam puts stuff in the chat, and I giggle. And all I saw Liam was your message that just says "Okay, folks." And I was like, "Where's he going with this?" He just said "Okay, folks" in the chat. I thought you were like trying to calm down someone arguing with someone else. I don't know. Um. Oh, yeah, if anyway. if you look
2: back at that graphic, though, the top ten teams all have top ten goaltending. So, like, is that part. the most so important like,
0: part that needs to turn around for the Oilers? Then,
2: it is the most important part because look, like you got you got Carolina there. That's the only kind of real outlier. But like, look at all the teams above them; all single digits in the goalie co- column. You can live with a bad PK. Look at Colorado, twenty-two. So for us, like that's. That we need to address that. So it's, you know, having Jack get on the rails, Skinner just maintaining, you know, his performance and his save percentage um, and getting that that, those six defensemen in front of them either playing better or making some changes there, some additions there to help bolster it a little bit. But that's what's ultimately going to sink us. And when I say sink us, I mean not have us shoot up into the top five of the NHL. Yeah. That that needs to sort itself out, especially if we want to go in a
0: long I, run in the playoffs. I, I would argue that actually the goaltending and PK in a way would go hand in hand as well. Like part of the reason the Oilers penalty kill was decent over the last couple of years is because Mike Smith always had one of the best PK save percentages in the league. So if they start getting more saves from Campbell and Skinner when they're shorthanded, then there you go. Right. Like the, both this those numbers it, could yeah. improve. Uh, Bag Milk says the PK has given up 23 goals so far this season. We've only played 22 games. Yeah. Great point. Uh, Bag Milk also adds the Oilers are tied for third in the NHL in PK goals given up. Yeah. The, the penalty kill is not great. Far from it. Let's see if they start turning it around though. Um, it's coming. It's coming back though. I'm not too concerned
2: about it. It's not as like glaring um, as it was earlier in the season. So I'm not concerned, but like, we have to defend and stop more pucks. Like we just, it just that is that is our biggest concern. We were we're battling injuries up front, and you know any team goes to injuries. But you know, look look at the Maple Leafs. Like their top yep. four defensemen are out, and, and their top four you know they've got on the blue line weren't good to begin that with. Are, that are that are stepping in and playing good, and they you know they've got decent goaltending too. Weird, Matt Murray's playing you know better than expected as long as he stays healthy, and Sam Sonoff is. Been there to back him up when needed, but like, I don't know. We just got to get that sorted. Got to get that sorted.
0: Yeah. 100%. Uh, Let's switch gears back to uh, the here and now for the Edmonton Oilers. Eight goals in their last two games, Jay. And a very special someone has scored three of them. Evan Bouchard is on a heater. Back-to-back multi-goal or back-to-back games with a goal for Bouchard. He tied the game up late. Uh, I'll just, I'll give you the floor here. Just rave about Bouchard and these last two games. I, I, maybe I'm speaking for you here, but this is what makes him such a special, special player.
2: I feel like there's a hidden agenda uh, by you doing that because I'm very critical of Evan Bouchard, but never once critical of his offensive potential. Have I been getting mad at him not being able to get shots through and hitting, being the shin pad assassin for the, you know, 20 games before the last two? Yes. But now he's getting pucks through. He does have a lethal shot, well documented, and now he's getting it on net and, and he's and he's converting. Like this is the 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 part of Evan Bouchard's game we celebrate that I celebrate. I, I'm still critical of his defensive side, but the other issue is that he's not insulated. If he's going to be an offensive weapon like this and and be playing more on the offensive uh, end of the game, well then he needs to be paired up with the right defenseman there to insulate that. So if he does make a defensive mistake. He's protected. So I am happy for dad. I am happy to see him scoring. Hammered him on the shot prop. I I listened to you last episode. Made some money. Gonna do it again tonight. Right? If he's feeling it and getting pucks through, like this is the Evan Bouchard we need, but we're still getting scored on a, a bunch against, right? Like scoring four goals is great, but if the other team is scoring four or five, then like what's the point of anything? So I'm still gonna be critical of that, but like, as long as he's insulated, he's fantastic offensively. And now it's starting to pay dividends. He was a little snake bitten, but now it's great to see like, what a, what a, what a game tying goal. Like, like that was, that's such a, like unreal. Like it's, it's those moments to score. Like it's like the Oilers in 06. There was a 1.5 seconds left in Arizona. And this is to, this was to tie the game face off run, uh, one to Chris Pronger and in with 1.6 seconds or 1.4 seconds. I remember game. that. This is obviously like four or five seconds in that game. But like, you know, it, it's, it, when you see things like that, you're like, okay, hey, this, this is, this, this is a good uh, signal for the season ahead. You know, we're going to look back at this, you know, this, this game, that goal is going to help us get a chance to get this uh, month of November back on the rails with a big win tonight in Chicago, we'll be back to 500. like these things have an impact in the overarching uh, trajectory of the season so yeah I love dad offensively
0: it's uh, not just a normal game day either it's a birthday game day for you so what makes uh, what makes game day special on your birthday what do you got going
2: um, it makes nailing the puck line with a big bet that is what's going to make my birthday special
0: so you're betting but, a little heavier uh, in all you? honesty what's that You're betting a little heavier tonight because it's a game day? Or because it's your birthday? It's your
2: birthday. Oh, you got to get get the positive juju going, right? Make some big bets. Make it special. So, no, I've got, and I know we're going to talk about betting later, but I'm I'm laying, my unit size has gone up today. But, uh, yeah, no, going for a nice dinner with the family and then going to get home in time. This is where I'm actually thankful it's a 7.30 game. Going to get dinner done in time. uh, Being home for puck drop. You know, I get to watch it downstairs in, in on the big screen which normally i don't get to do because i'm normally holding a child in front of my tv upstairs so i'm um, you know it, it's gonna be very special in all fronts gonna sit on the nice couch you know gonna have a maybe a glass of vino if bag melts watching you know keep the night going and uh just really take it in and hopefully you know win some money because the oilers did what they're supposed to
0: Alright, let's, uh, let's talk some betting then. Let's give Jay some good birthday betting advice and uh, we'll bring Liam back in for our Betway bets. Uh, we also got our keys to the game coming up in a bit here. Um, but anyways, Liam, are you there? Hello? Liam? I, yeah, you are. Can hey you buddy. hear me? Uh, that what do you like tonight again? on the betting front?
1: I'm, I'm puck line riding. I am all in yeah. on the puck line tonight. We got to. We're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. If we don't have the puck line tonight, something And they're then, trash. Um, and they are trash. So I'm also going to go with a McDavid and Leon Drysettle goal parlay at plus 275. Whoa. Really chasing the juice today. So I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm hoping Jay's birthday luck rubs off on us all. And we can get those uh, two points for the oily boys and two bets in the bank.
0: like Plus 275, that's good. They're playing on the same line. That does make me a little nervous. Uh, I am 100% back on the Evan Bouchard shot prop tonight. Um, I I think that has a good... It's plus 110. I love the puck line. Love it, love it, love it. And Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle to each get a power play point. Uh, If you remember, last time these two teams met, it was... The great power play palooza of 2022 there was they played like the whole second period with either team on the man advantage right. so i think we could uh, get an oilers power play goal tonight and mcdavid and dry set a plus 125 to each be involved why not uh jay anyone you like as a goal scorer tonight
2: uh i'm feeling zach hyman tonight because he got robbed I, mean, I shouldn't say robbed he did kick it in but uh yeah. i'm feeling zach hyman tonight and uh, you know what? It's my birthday, so I'm gonna go bold. I'm, you know, I'm still drinking the Yanmark Kool Aid, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle a little on Yanmark tonight. Uh, be advised on that one; that is an absolute reach. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm parlaying. I'm doing Oilers to win with Connor two plus points on top of puckline.
0: I like all that. Oilers to win, Connor two plus points. That's a good spot. Oilers, 36-plus shots on goal is only minus 125, but I got a funny feeling that they might be able to get there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Chicago, like I said, they've been outshot at 5-on-5 five five in every game this year except two of them. So I think there is a lot of spots. I'm going to be going heavy tonight in honor of your birthday, Jay. Uh, I appreciate that, and I hope you win. <laughs> Uh, okay shout out to our friends at betway 19 plus please play responsibly we're going to get to our keys to victory here in just a second but first let's go through the lineup for either side in this hockey game as we work towards the end of the show starting with the oilers leon drysett o'connor mcdavid and zach hyman is expected to be your top line this evening the second line you got ryan nugent hopkins centering Yessa a and matias yanmark brad malone on the third line with Dylan Holloway and James Hamblin, and then Tyler Benson with Devin Shore and Derek Ryan. So Tyler Benson expected to be in the lineup tonight because clean cost and if you didn't hear this yesterday, he is uh he's in Calgary getting like a work visa thing sorted out, so he couldn't make the trip to Chicago. He might be able to meet them in Minnesota, though. But this is your oilers' lineup tonight. The blue line is nurse with CC Kulak with Barry, Broberg, with Bouchard. Jay, a couple of questions for you in regards to uh, this Oilers lineup. Hyman, McDavid, Dreisaitl, when they're on the ice together, feels like a power play the whole time. That's the way someone explained it to me yesterday. I agree that trio is great, but a second line of Nuge, Yanmark, and pooley like the depth of this team falls right off if you go supernova with those three on the top line. And that concerns me.
2: Uh, I couldn't agree more. Like I love nothing more than watching that line of dry saddle, McDavid, and Hyman on the ice. But, you know, in terms of roster construction, uh, given, you know, the players that we have that are able to play, it's always a bit risky um because we need that depth. I'm um, hoping maybe there's some jumbling. Like, yes, I am drinking the Yanmar Kool-Aid. Yes, I love the Nuge. puli RV has definitely been noticeable in games not necessarily for how he carries offensive play but like he's really leaning into the physicality and checking side so that could be a value like i'm I'm trying to find the silver lining here we shouldn't do it like this but also we might need to do it like this given what we have because we have to ride 29 and 97 right now to get some goals and then hopefully you know that third line of holloway malone and hamlin which wasn't bad Last game, you know those guys are putting in the effort. Um, it is what it is, man. This is what it is. This is we we are decimated with injuries, so it, I think I the, the more I look at this and kind of seeing how it went with Florida, I think this is kind of the way you have to go.
0: Liam, what do you, what would you do, Liam? I think like, do you like the idea of just loading it up? I think you can maybe get away with it against a bad team like Chicago, how because. Yeah. McDavid and Dreisaitl very well might be able to just dominate this thing and run all over it. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think right now this team is just kind of got to find his mojo again, I guess, consistently. And uh, maybe the best way is just to do that top line the way it is and let everyone else kind of figure it out on their own. I think there is some juice on the other lines like Nugent Hopkins and Pujovia, I guess, is a pretty good pairing. but. I think it, maybe it's a yeah. credit to someone like Nuge thinking like, okay, this guy's been playing well enough this season, like we can actually pop McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same line, and Nuge can ride it out with Yessie and Yanmark uh, or whoever else gets elevated for it, whatever kind of works, but I don't know, I don't mind the other pair, and I kind of get the third line, I feel like that was a line in Bakersfield that Woodcroft maybe relied mm-hmm. on a little bit, so I can see why he's there, so yeah, I, I, I don't mind it, like, well, there has got a He's getting in a rhythm here, so if they can get three in a row tonight, I think that helps a lot, if that means
0: McDavid and Dreisel have to be on the first line. It's a good point. Nuge, I didn't think was that good against Florida, but hopefully he can bounce back mm-hmm. tonight. I just get nervous with him being a centerman. Uh, we're going to get to the chat here. Power. It's still the Nuge. Yeah, I know I know. I know. still love the nuge. No show, uh, here's our Chicago. No shots in two here's games. Our sh- That's an interesting. H mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, line up for the Hawks tonight. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane reunited together on the top line. Andreas Athanasius on the left side. Max Domi with Philip Kurashev and Taylor Radish. Jason Dickinson with Colin Blackwell and our old friend Jujar Kara, who has two goals in his last five games as well. Jujar starting to play some decent hockey and he's healthy as well, which it feels good to see Jujar be healthy. Uh Mackenzie Antwistle with Reese Johnson and Boris Kachuk. The D pairings for the Hawks are Jack Johnson with Seth Jones. Philip Ruse with Connor Murphy, Jake McCabe. With Caleb Jones, and I believe it is going to be Arvid Soderblom getting the start. Yes, that is confirmed. Chris Chalmers on DailyFaceoff.com. So Soderblom is getting the start (laughs) in his last outing. He stopped twenty-one of twenty-three shots. Stuart Skinner, according to Jack Michaels, is getting the start tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Okay, we'll wrap this up with our keys to the game, and also the fact that Stuart Skinner is getting the start. I think I would have gone with Jack Campbell against the easier opponent. First of back to backs. I think that's more of a spot where Jack Campbell could succeed and you go with Skinner tomorrow against Minnesota. Uh, Jay, what do you think? Skinner, right call? I I agree with your logic. I I was thinking the same thing. Um, So a little
2: bit shocked, but once again, maybe we want to, we desperately want to be 500 uh, for the month. Like, I, I don't know, but like Minnesota's an interesting team. I don't know. Like, uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around why they would do it this way, but I agree I would have gone Skinner. Also, I just noticed since Jujar's playing tonight, revenge goal, um, love for Jujar. Just put a couple bucks on
0: him to score. All right. Uh, Liam, what do you think of uh, Stu Skinner getting the start? Uh,
1: I think think it's fair. I I guess you could say he earned it. I don't think that loss against uh, the win against Florida, like any of the goals were really his fault. And also, I was watching one of the – pregame interviews with Skinner and he was talking about how pumped they all were for Campbell to get that Rangers win so maybe Campbell's kind of feeling himself a little bit now and the coaches see that and think yeah he's going to be fine against Minnesota and you know give him a game and I guess that also shows that you support Campbell with giving him the tougher opponent I guess you could say right if if he plays tomorrow I'm assuming he's going to play
2: it's the whole like mindset and psychology yeah. of it so like mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good uh A good perspective, Liam, Um, because at some point, Jack Campbell needs to be our $5 million goalie. Like, that just has to happen, because if it's not, we have bigger issues.
0: Uh, Short for giant keys to victory tonight. Taking a look at a few things. Rusty, this is superstar line versus superstar line. Chicago's depth is worse than the Oilers. Yeah, it's a good point there. Um, Tyson says Poole is going to get one tonight. Uh, Descra says, isn't Holloway projected to be on the fourth line? The third and fourth lines tonight are more or less the same thing. They're interchangeable. Epiphany says, Tyler Benson getting a goal or assist would be perfect. Chris says, Oilers are putting up 40 shots unless it's a blowout. I like that. Rusty adds, he doesn't think the second line is terrible, but could be worse. Nuge can drive that line. And uh, Epiphany also said, honestly, any one of Hamblin, Benson, Pouillard, or Bouchard scoring would be epic. Uh, All right. Keys to victory tonight, for me, don't play down to your opponent. That is something the Oilers love to do. They love seeing just a team that is dead in the water and not finishing the job. You just got to go pedal to the floor. I don't know how many other cliches I can throw out right now, but just beat the wheels out of this Hawks team and don't play down to them. That is my giant key to victory for sure. For Liam, what do you got?
1: Yeah, dictate the game, play your own style, and I think McDavid and and Dreisaitl maybe dominate early and then everyone else kind of grow into the game, but I guess I'm looking at that top line to actually come out and control this game the most, like they should.
2: Yeah. Okay. Couldn't agree more. Do not play down to your competition tonight. Um, This is just, you just got to go and win that game. So in, in in, you know, I I would also add is that we have to score first. Like, I, I, I we're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. We shouldn't be having to chase the game against them. So, if we play down to the co- our competition tonight, Chicago's scoring first, and then we're chasing the game. We got another weird game like we had against them uh, a month and a half ago. So when we played Chicago last, so score first, don't play down. We're the better team. Be the better team.
0: Parker says 10 shots in the first 10 minutes. He also called Jay the sensible voice of Oilers Nation. Uh, McJesus says get two goals in the first 10 minutes. Play your game one second into the period and start on time. Curdom adds, same thing. They have to avoid giving up the first goal. Reminder, like if you like. Thank you, Epiphany. Thank you for putting that message into the chat as well. Bag milk, plus 750 for the Oilers to win every period. Let's effing go. I like that. Ooh, I like that. Uh, If you're looking for, yeah, that's actually very juicy. I might be in on that. Um, If you're looking for a spot to go watch the game tonight, why not head down to Jasper Ave and hit up Soho? All the Oilers games on their hundred-inch screen. That is a large screen, very large. We watched the the Rangers game there the other day. Four seventy-five Molson half-price wings, eight dollars for a slice of pizza and a pint. You don't get it any better. Than that, head down to Soho for the game tonight. And uh, all right, score predictions, boys. Liam, what do you got? Six one Oilers. Okay, I'll say uh, I'll say six two Oilers. Jay, five two. Five two. All right, there we go. That is a wrap on today's Sherwood for Giant edition of the show. Shout out to Sports Closet, SportsCloset.ca, and our new friends at Soho. You can give them a follow on all their social media at Soho Yeg. Shout out to Bag Milk and Surveyor Brett for stirring it up in the chat as well and getting my chat engagement up. You think you're harming me. You're only helping the algorithm recognize this show more. So the joke is on you. RIP to the Beatcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow when Frank Saravali joins the show. Talk to you then, everybody.